0: Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. All right, well, welcome to ES First. We preach the books of the Bible. And uh, right now we're in the book of James. James is uh, what I like to call the best self-help book in The New Testament. So if you want to know how to get better, read James. It's full of practical advice. And we have gone through one, two, three, and we are in chapter four. And chapter four is no different, just nugget after nugget of how to steer your life in the way that it can go for the greatest success. And so we're in James chapter four and verse eight. If you open up there, we'll look at it real quick. If you don't have a Bible, We got on the screen and sometimes that's easier because by the time you figure out that James is in the back and not in the front, sometimes I'm already done. You know what I mean? Anybody like that? Yeah, thank That's right, man. It took me a long, I was like 28 before I figured out where James was. So, perfect. So this this is what it says. It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God. And he will come near to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, uh, Lord, your grace. Lord, is power. And, and just your presence. That you forgive us. That you cover us. That you call us your own. And you give us the power we need for life. We believe that that's the greatest thing that can happen to us this Thanksgiving season. We're filled with grace and power. Lord, I pray right now. That as we look into your word, we would experience you in a new way. That we would know you, sense you, hear you in ways we haven't quite yet. Ways that are unique to each of us, but are so special and powerful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a problem. I, I I played rock and roll music for a lot of my life. And before that, I used to listen to hip-hop music in little earbuds very loudly. Um, this is back before anybody told you that hearing loss was a big deal in those earbud, earbud things. And so I just blasted them as loud as I could everywhere I went. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody do that? Uh, okay, so, uh, and then people didn't really say, you know, you should only listen to that half volume. It used like some old lady be like, you that's too loud for your ears. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, so I have a problem with, with uh, hearing sometimes, and I don't know if that's maybe selective, you know what I mean? Or if it's really that I can't hear. I also don't know that some that if it's not some people mumbling, a.k.a. my daughter. Um, some people mumble, and you're just like, you know, I didn't hear what you said. And they're like, blah, blah. like, you need to get your ears checked. And I'm like, you need to get your attitude checked. And then she moves on. Um, but the, the problem with not hearing so well is that um, we're all required to wear masks pretty much everywhere. And usually, the people who need to wear the mask at their workplace are the people who are required, but I need to hear them speak. You know what I mean? Uh, my, my daughter and I went to a, a, a Vietnamese restaurant uh, down in the city, and uh, they all had masks on, and, and we're down there. And then you go to pay, and then you pay, and they have a mask on, and then they have like a plexiglass shield. It's like the bank almost. And they're like, they're like back there and they're like, it's like, what was that? Uh, It's like, how much is it? And so I think that for me to be able to hear them, logically, it's got to be my mask. And so I go, what did you say? You know what I mean? Anybody else hear better with their mask down? And so they, 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 and pretty soon they go. It's 30, like, I, excuse me, could you say that again? And finally, they're yelling through their mask, through the plexiglass, into my ears, and they say things like, it's 39.52. And you go, thank you. Here's my card, okay? Uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting because I want to hear them. I want to know what they have to say. I really need to know. And so, like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, hey, could you say that again? And sometimes I'll go around the glass And put my ear here and then lower my mask so I can also hear better. You know, tune in. And I can hear better with my ear on this side of the glass. And say it again. I don't care if you get corona in my ear because that's not how you get corona. Uh, And so I I, want to know what it is. But I, I want to be close enough to hear and to be connected. On the opposite side of that, I don't want what you have if you got something. You know what I mean? Anybody else like that? Like, I got two kids that are going to Westview just fine. I got a high schooler that stays home half the time, sometimes all the time, and and she's okay. She can kind of take care of herself. But the minute my my, uh, elementary school kids have to come home for two weeks, and then the dreaded words, you need to quarantine, and then we all have to stay inside for two weeks. I'm like, no, I don't want any of that near me at all. So would you stay over there? Anybody else like that? And so you have this push and pull. It's like, I want my mask down. I want your mask down. I want to hear. I want to be connected. I want to look at you. I want to see your eyes. I want to see your smile. I want to know what you're feeling in this moment because you kind of look angry with that furloughed furrowed eyebrow and all of these things. But I also don't want you to get too close because I don't want you to you have because anything that you might have might disrupt my life. Anybody else feel this push and pull? It's a great paradox it's an anomaly from our normal day-to-day and the way that we want life to be but it is a paradox of push and pull and it's like everybody just goes man 2020 is just a bust it's crazy it's back and forth and i just want it to be done i want to move on to the next year can we just you know with new year's have, hopefully we can all have a bunch of shots and we can just wish this this year was over but it, unfortunately the shots are not going to make coronavirus your mass or your distancing go away Well, they might for the night. I mean, you might just get done with it and be like, I don't know know what I'm supposed to do anymore. (laughs) But on Monday, you're going to have to figure out how to be distanced again. Your, listen, listen, your life is just like this corona push and pull. Only it's like this with God. As much as you need connection and want connection with other people, you need connection with god but you have this push and pull as a matter of fact we want god to come close and there's times when like you're you're praying and you're you're asking god and you're saying you're saying uh you know god could you just come near and and talk to me could you just give me a sign could you just guide me could you just like you know whatever it is could you just give me this this answer for this particular thing i need it could you take your mask off please And then if he gives that answer, he gives you direction or whatever, depending on if you like it or you don't like it or where you are in your life, then you're probably like, hey, God, can you put that mask back on and move back over there? Because I want you to be close enough for my comfort and I want you to be close enough for what I need and I want you to be close enough to answer my needs, but I don't really want what you have. Because when God comes close, usually he answers the things that you need, but not in the way that you want. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes he gives you, uh, you know, blessings and you, you like those and you want some kind of miracle and you get that. But some, most of the time he comes and he gives you a solution wrapped up in a bunch of obstacles. Isn't that just like God? Sometimes God comes in and you say, God, I want this to happen and I want that to happen. and If you could do this. And he comes in and he goes, I want you to live a holy life. I want you to change some things. I want you to restructure your family I want you to dial in what you're consuming. I want you to change the way you treat people. I want you, and he starts doing it. It's like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I want the no mask thing, but I want you over there. Because whatever you have is going to change my reality, and I'm going to have to do things differently. And this is the paradox we live in with God. Because we just want God to wear the mask. Hey, wear the mask. Hey, God, you know over there. Hey, excuse me, sir. Excuse, hey, you. Hey, almighty being, wear the mask. Just keep everybody safe. I'll keep me safe. You keep you safe. But if I need to know how much it is and I'm really annoyed, we'll take them off for a second. We'll break the rules for a second. But go back to being over there and I'll be over here. This is the relationship we've created with God. James tells us, he says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Now, all my life I've heard this verse. It's, it's, it's interesting because uh, it's, it's so simple. It's like if you draw near to God, and, and my favorite version is, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto thee. That's the way I remember it as a kid. And, and so it was comforting because if God was over there and I was over here, I had a choice of when God came in and did stupid stuff to me. You know what I mean? Like if, I, if God, you just stay over there and on Sundays I can come in and act Like, I want to connect to you. Then we're here, and you can give me goosebumps. We can sing the song, and, and, you know, all the great things can happen. I can hear the special verse that I need to hear for this moment, and then I can go back to my distancing and live the way I want. It's the way that we like it, because if we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us, and then we call it a promise. You know what I mean? Like, oh, if you'll draw near to God, Draw. God will draw near to you. Isn't that so good? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But if I don't want God, then it's fine. It's fine. Growing up as a teenager, that was a really comfortable truth. But that's not what God actually exists like. He doesn't exist like, hey, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. How do I know that? Because all across the entire Bible, God begins to paint a picture of how he interacts with his people, and he begins to talk about and 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 basically paint this picture of how he is always present, how he will never leave you and never forsake you, how he is always talking to you, and and this is this is a, a passage in Acts where Paul is actually visiting a bunch of philosophers who are trying to get to know God. They're actually. Um, they're trying to figure out the truths about who God is and deity and life and all of this stuff. And Paul walks up and he begins to drop some science on them, as they say in the hip-hop world. And uh, the science that he begins to drop is the truth of who God really is and what is happening amongst all these great minds. And so if you turn to Acts, uh, just give it to me, it's Acts 17, I think. look like at this. The God who made the world, and he starts to kind of preach to him, teach to him, whatever he's doing out here. Uh, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needs anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So Paul begins to paint this picture of people who are trying to find God, and he's like, look, he's like, God actually designed and appointed you for a specific time in history. He even appointed you for a specific region where you live is on purpose, where you were born is on purpose, where you migrated to is on purpose. The timing of which you were born was on purpose. God designed all of these things, and the Bible says that he formed you and that he put breath in you so that you would know how close he is. The amazing thing is that all the time you have been saying things like, I don't believe in God in your life. The very breath that you use to say those things is the breath of God. He's that close. The times when you're like, God, why aren't you here? Where are you? I'm not sure. I believe. Every doubt that you speak, every every curse that you've put on somebody else, everything that you've ever said, God, is that close. He's closer than the air you breathe. And he says he's done all of this so that maybe, just maybe, you would seek him, that you would look for him, you would take a time out and go, hey, there you are. That's what God has done, And that's why he's done it. So that, so that when you reach out, he could touch you back. He's that close. And he says, in him we live and move and we have our being. When you wake up in the morning and you feel like no one's there, you're in God. When you've done the worst things and you wonder how anybody could ever accept or love or forgive or be a part of your life again, and you go, God, I just, I feel so alone. In him, we live and move and have our being. When you're brushing your teeth and trying to figure out your life again for the day, for the week, the year, the next decade, God is there. In him you live and move and have your being. And so when he says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. It's not some kind of like, well, I don't because you don't. He's already close. He hasn't moved. He's always toward you. Think about that. He's always facing towards you going, hey, and most of us are going, stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. What? Stop it. Hey, I don't, I don't, put on the mask. Get over there. I don't want you in this part of my life. I'm doing fine. Can I have a pity party for a second? Can I just, you know, exist without you just breathing it on my neck? He's like, no, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Just reach out, I'm you're here in this moment, 2020, you're here in this circumstance, I'm, I'm with you here. That you would just reach out and you would touch me and you would find me because I'm not far in me. You live and move and have your being. And I get so many questions from people to say, where is God? I just feel far from God. I just don't feel like I'm close. I used to be connected and I'm not connected. And the, the, the answer is only this. God has never, ever Moved. You've put a mask on and you put a mask on him and you've distanced and you said, stay over there, sir. Cover your nose. That doesn't fit my guidelines. It doesn't fit my rules. If we're going to be safe. You're going to have to stay over there. God has never asked you to be safe. He's never asked you to be comfortable. He's never asked you. He's never asked you to be on your own, to be distant, to be lonely. He's never asked any of that for you. He's only asked you to reach out, touch him, draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. Draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. In John 10, 27, this is what This is what Jesus says. He's speaking to some people and he's like, hey, look, um, you need to know about how the father is interacting. Now, Paul tells us that God doesn't dwell in temples, but they were obsessed with temples. They were obsessed with with going to a place and experiencing God for a moment. You know what I mean? Like you have places that you go to and you experience God. But God's not in those places. For one for I, I like to drive to Tulsa. I just thinking last night I need to drive to Tulsa and I need to, need to go ORU to ORU, which is my my uh, my alma mater, my university, and uh, out in front of ORU is these giant praying hands. they're pretty amazing, and I've had I, I, I've built an altar there, not physically, but it's like a monument in my life, and I go there and I'll just pray. Um, but God's not at the hands any more than he is here. He's just not. There's places in California I go to and I experience God. I've built altars there. But God's not there anymore than he is here. In your bedroom, in this place, in these moments, the difference is my awareness of him when I go to them. Because I'm willing to let my guard down and go, wow, remember this place. And I let my mind go back to those moments and God, you were faithful then, you're faithful now. And God paints that picture again and again and again. And so these people that Jesus is walking around, they're obsessed with the temple. They're obsessed with the place. And, and one person even says to Jesus, like, they're, I'm supposed to go and worship at this temple, but they won't let me go into the temple because I'm of the wrong race. And, and he's like, hey, look, God's not looking for people that will, that will worship at a certain mountain or a certain temple. He's looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth the spirit of God and the truth and authenticity of who he is and who we are and just come before him. He's lurking, he's looking, he's seeking for worshipers like that. So Jesus among these people says this in John 10. um, He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And a bunch of people are like, well, how how do you, you ever hear the audible voice of God? You ever hear God just like, Brandon, you look great today. Love you, bro. Yes, God? I thought I was just feeling myself, but it's you. You feel me too. (laughs) I never heard that. I never had something crazy, but I I have heard the voice of God. I know the voice of God. I know the voice of God. And Jesus says, My sheep know my voice. Which means that if you're a Jesus follower, you can know the voice of God too. It may take more practice. It may take you spending time with the voice, right? There's a difference between like you knowing your mom's voice when she yells down the street or your dad's whistle when you're away. You know what I mean? Like, like, that's my dad. Like, you know the pitch and everything because you've been with it since your beginning. But remember when you got married? And you're trying to figure out your spouse's intonations at certain times. It, like, it took more time to get to know because you started later. Now, if you're just now getting to know Jesus, it's going to take some time to figure out his voice. Have you ever like walked in to your spouse and be like, well, why are you so mad at me? Like, I'm not mad. And they're like, well, I, You seem really mad. It's like, and you start putting other attitudes from other people on your spouse. You this is what my dad was. It's like my dad had that same thing. It's like, well, I'm not your dad. I'm me. And this is the way that I am. And I'm not angry. And then it takes time for them to get to know you or you to get to know them. But the more time you spend, the more you get their nature. And so when you hear their voice, you can know their intentions. And this is what Jesus is like. If you don't know that God is a good God, I preached, um, uh, Uh, frame of reference a few weeks ago. And if if you didn't hear that out of James about how God is always good, then you'll start blaming everything else on God. Like, yeah, this is God, he's punishing me. And you have all of these things because all you've known is punishment. And so you take God and you go, yeah, you're just punishing me just like, and you name somebody else. Because that's what you're used to, although you don't know the voice and nature of God. But he says, my sheep know my voice. Why? Because they spent time with him. They've known him. They can hear him. They trust him. My sheep know my voice. And I know them. It's comforting to know that Jesus knows you. And when you understand the other scriptures that say he's close and he's near. The word of God can divide between soul and spirit. Everything is naked and exposed before him. He knows everything. He even knows the thoughts and intentions and the desires of your heart. He knows what you have need of before you even ask. And all these verses we talk about all the time, but is wrapped up in the nature of God. And Jesus says, I know them. I identify with them. They're saying things like, hey, that's Jason. When Jason cries out, he goes, yeah, I know that voice. And when Jason reaches out and says, yeah, I, I know that touch. I know Jason. And Jason understand, I there go, well, here's what happened to me when I was seven. And, you know, when I was seven, and, blah, blah, blah. and so it's like, God, Jesus is like, I know. Yeah, I know. I know you. I know you. And so because of that, I hear his voice and he knows me. Then I have full confidence in following after him. And I don't need some kind of separation. I don't need some kind of mask. I don't need some kind of, you know, I don't trust you in what you're doing in my life. When he says, I, I, I want to do this and we need to go this way. And even though it's uncomfortable, I don't to say, hey, get back over there. I like my life just the way it is. I say, yes, Lord, because I hear your voice and you know me and I trust you and you're good. And I have a frame of reference for this. And that's when we become people who follow after God. And that's what he wants. It's not a draw near to God and he'll draw near to you when you feel like it. Well, you know, maybe if today I get dressed up and I go to church and everything is just perfect and they play my favorite song, I finally feel like I can draw close to God and thank God because I really needed him to draw close to me. He says, no, all you've got to do is like, you know, trying to figure out where your glass of water is on the nightstand. Reach out, reach out. Even though it's dark, even though it's early, even though I'm sleepy, trying to figure out where my phone is so I can shut the alarm off. Some of y'all still got alarm clocks. (laughs) Shut it off. Reach out and you'll find it. But we're so connected to trying to turn off the alarm, we're committed to that because it's annoying. Jesus isn't annoying. And so we're not committed to reaching out. He's just there. Always. Never forsaking, saying. Draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. In moments and times and eras, Pandemics, weird shifts, culture, politics, families, everything is shifting. We're not sure where to turn to. We're not sure what the future will hold. Jesus says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You know my voice. I know you follow me, if you reach out, you'd find me. He says, you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. Not like some kind of, I really, really want, I really, really want, I really want. It's like, no, just come to me and be like, yeah, I got some places that I got some limitations in. And so connection is all about transparency. It's all about vulnerability. You can't have true connection and, and be guarded. You just can't. I have lots of people that I, I'm acquainted with, but I'm, I'm pretty guarded with. It's like, yeah, you know me, but you don't really know me. Right? And you're that way too. You have people that you will let the walls down with and you won't let the walls down. The problem is that you put Jesus in this category because for years, all you've heard is that you have to do good for Jesus. And Jesus is saying, no, all you have to do is bring me everything and I'll be good for you. If you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me not your want to, not your try hard, but you're exposing everything, you'll find me. If you just come with an authenticity that you hide from everybody else, if you just be real with me, you'll find me. You got some places that are damaged and they're hurt and, and, and you're, you're, you're trying to like, ah, don't touch that. That scar hurts. I still remember the memory of what that feels like But if you just seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. If you just expose it, trust me, I'll be that for you. So connection is so weird because we want someone to get us. But we want people to get us with minimal work. You know what I mean? This is so good about having a spouse, right, Kelly? It's like... You know, you walk in and Kelly just gets you. You don't have to work too hard at it. Sometimes you have to work at some things, but she gets you. You want somebody who you walk in like I don't know. They just they I don't have to say much. They just know what I mean. It's nice like when you're when you're kind of pissed off and somebody goes, "Hey, what's what's wrong?" They don't blame you. They just want to work through why you're so angry and so mad. Like I don't really want to talk about it, but for some reason you're open with them, and they'll go hey, I, I know you and you're not okay. Just tell me. And you start to talk through and you, you kind of give them the shortened version. You give them two or three sentences. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's, there's more. And they, they just draw you in because they get you with minimal work. Now, that's nice, except for that you have put work into it. You've put time into it. You've put effort into it. You just don't know it because it feels natural. It feels natural because doing the work is resting in who that person is. You have to learn how to connect with Jesus this way. But if you make work with Jesus so hard, then you'll never connect with him the way he intentioned. He had intentions to in the first place. He says, just rest in me. And so the connection, what we've created is formality. Have you ever felt like, I wish I had more time to pray? And then you have time to pray, and then you sit down and you go, well, how am I supposed to do this? Well, I heard somebody say, you have to start with Father. Hey, Father. That's too informal. Our Father. No, it's just me. Oh, Heavenly Father, that sounds good. Oh, Heavenly Father, but not my dad. Oh, Father God. Oh, Father God, I'm here. And I just, I come before you. I come before you and uh, I pre- I present, I offer to you my thanksgiving. Oh, Lord, I come, Or oh, Lord, Father God, I come before you and I present to you i offer to you my heart because i feel that's what you want and so and we have this formality and so we feel better if somebody else just does it for us you know what i mean if somebody else could just and so rather than pray and come before god and and offer up in thanksgiving and i don't know and rejoice with gladness because that's what i do all the time Rejoicing with gladness is like I didn't have a steak the other day, and they put them. Up. I rejoice in this, sir. Thank you for the steak. I don't talk like that. I don't experience that. I don't. I don't. You know, always dress. You know, like church. I don't always dress for prayer. Am I supposed to wear the hat or not wear the hat? I don't know. Uh, when I'm in Israel, I wear the hat. When I'm here, I don't wear the hat. I don't. I'm not really sure. Should I be dressed a certain way? Should I be clothed or unclothed? Because, I mean, if I'm in bed, then I'm, I'm fully relaxed, but I'm unclothed. I don't know if Jesus is seeing me here now like this, but if I come before him, I don't want to come unclothed. You know what I mean? So I better get up and take a shower first. And then if I do that, then I get kind of sidetracked, and then I hop in the car, and then I'm going to pray in the car, but that seems a little too informal. And so you know what? I'm just going to text somebody, hey, would you pray for me? Because I know whatever you got going on is better than my informal mess but God doesn't want formality. He wants connection. So formality hinders connection. It's like being at a banquet. You know, everybody's not really sure what to do at the banquet, you know, at a funeral, at a wedding. It's like, I don't know. uh, You're just waiting for the moment when it becomes informal so that you can finally be yourself. Formality hinders connection. The next thing is precautions hinder connection. So if you are constantly tiptoeing on ice about who God is and what he thinks and what he wants for your life, you're always, you're being very cautious. I'm taking precautions. It hinders your connection. Precautions are terrible in relationships. The people who you know the best, who you want to be connected with, you don't have precautions with. For instance, when Josh comes to my house, he opens the door and walks inside. Right? He takes no precautions. I know him very well. Right? And he talks about it. It's like, when I come to your house, I just feel like this, whatever. So, for instance, when I go to Josh's house, I don't walk in the door. Can anybody guess why? Because there's another person there that I'm not that close with, and it's Ashley. Me and Josh are very close, and me and Ashley, we know each other. We're, we're close friends, but we're not like, you know, no precautions. It's a different thing. you got to have precautions with people you don't know. And so we take precautions and we put them on God. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I should. I don't know. Is this something you even do? Can I even pray with you about this? Can I talk to you about this? I don't know. Brandon said you're supposed to believe and not doubt. I have all sorts of doubts, and I feel kind of cautious about that because I'm supposed to have precautions about when I come to you. I'm just going to wait until all my doubts are gone. Then I'm going to come to you, and we're going to talk, okay? Thanks, God. Precautions. The next thing is limitations. Limitations limit connection. It's you saying, hey, you can have everything in this house but this. Don't you dare touch that. God, you can do anything you want to in my life, but don't ask for this. Some of you, it's your children. God... I bless and I offer this child to you. I dedicate it to you. I'll raise it in the fear and admonition, whatever that means, of the Lord. Dedicate this child to you. Okay? God, I'm just worried about... Well, wait. God goes, did you give them to me or not? But God, what if they want to go and serve in Thailand? Do you know what's going on in Thailand? What if they go to Thailand and they give their lives to you and I never see them again? Limitations. God, I want to be healed. I want to love again. I want to I I move forward again. Are you going to have to let go of that thing back there? No, sir. That's where I draw the line limitations. Well, if you want to, if you, if you really want to be connected with me, there's some things in my life that I'm not really pleased with. Some of your habits and some of the things in your life that just they they create a little bit of a wall between you and me. It's like because I can't exist with that and you keep putting up this wall. I'm still there. You it's you that wants to hide behind this wall of sin and bad attitudes, and things that you'll entertain, things that you'll be friends with, but enemy to me because you just like it. You like the way it makes you feel, like the way it makes you laugh. You like the way that, um, when you come over from long day's worth, that's where you want to spend your time. Yeah, God, I want you, but you know, I want you like with the mask and the distance, not here, the limitations. So for us as believers, there she goes, off to Thailand. Bye. God bless you. You're God's. Bye. In our lives, our desires are God. I want. Please do. Please come. But our Seeking God with all of our heart is limited. It's hidden. It's divisive. It's distancing. Stay over there. Keep me safe. Keep you safe and everyone else. And this too shall pass. And then if we just pray prayers like, come quickly, Lord Jesus, I'm just ready to be out of here. Won't it be so great when we get to heaven, but God's got you here for some purpose, some plan, some moment. Otherwise, he would have saved you and you'd be gone. But you're here. And the question is, why? Paul says in Acts, he says, look, God placed you, put you so that you would seek him. You're existing in him, and he wants to be found by you. I got a feeling that you're here on a Sunday. You've been waiting to come back. It's coronavirus. There's Chiefs games. There's soccer and softball and all of these things. But you took moments to come here, to be here in these moments, because... You really do want to be connected to God, and you're trying to figure that out. And and your desire is to know Him, not just to be formal, not just to be like, hey, I want to do my duty, you know. You just really, really want God. I mean, that's what I want. And figuring that out is is it's tough because the world gives you a formula and God is not a formula religion gives you step by step and seven steps to this and nine steps to that. And and here's how you can live a better life. And so I'll live a better life over here. Maybe God will jump in that too and that'd be great. We could all live together and he says, no, I just want, I want you to seek me. And if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. God, could you heal my brother? You know? Yeah. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. I mean, there's stories of great men and women of God. When they, when they walked into the room, when, where they went, when they prayed, things changed. And what was the difference? And it usually was not because they spent their time in a temple doing everything perfectly with the right shoes and the right hat and the right moments and the right music. It was just that they did something privately that exposed who God was publicly. And it was so incredible because they were willing to draw near to God and he says, yeah, I've been waiting for this. I'm ready to draw near to you. I want your life to be different. I want things to happen around you. I want to move through you. I want to change your city. I want to change your country. I do want to reach the world through you and your family and your children's children. I want to bless you and make your name great. I want everybody that comes in contact with you to know me. I need that. I desire that. In me, you live and move and have your being. And that's what I think we want but it's gonna take some moments where you gotta remove the mask and you gotta stop telling God to move over there and you gotta remove the limitations and take off the cautions and say, no, I wanna know you. If I can know your voice, I want to. I wanna follow you. That's what we wanna be. in Jesus, Says that we can. It's the beauty of who Jesus is. He says, I'll fill those places. I'll take those damaged parts. I'll take those empty places. I'll take those buildings that you've built and they never fulfill and I'll make them into what I always imagined when I knit you together and planted in you. Streams, the desires, the DNA that's written in your blood. I want you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?